You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Well, 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 welcome, well-doers and well-wishers and wellies. This is Good Job Brain, your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast. Today's show is episode 245, and of course, I'm your humble host, Karen, and we are your gleeful, glowing, and glamorous, glandular gladiators. <laughs> I'm, I'm Colin. And I'm Chris. Welcome, everybody. It is a new season, spring 2023. We made it through another new yes. year. And happy 11th birthday to us since episode one oh of this very show. Listeners, you might not hear the difference, but there is a very, very big difference. Even though we're recording this remotely. And and have been for a while, but yeah. yeah. we yeah. were kind of within 10 miles of each other, but now I am uh, way more than 10 miles. I am now located in Washington State, Emerald City, Seattle. It's really hard to believe. I can't, I, I still feel like we're all together here in, in California. You're such a Berkeley person. Today is uh, day five in Seattle for me. We don't have any of our stuff because our movers got delayed. I ate cereal out of a collapsible dog bowl. (laughs) That shows you how dire things are. But show must go on. At least I have my mic, my computer, and I got my buzzer. I brought it with me. Time for our first general trivia segment, Pop Quiz. Hot shot. All right, everybody, get out your barnyard buzzers. Uh, We're going to buzz in. So in the big event of moving, I found our old 20-pound box of uh, a two cards that a listener once mailed to me. It is so heavy. Mm. Um, (laughs) I have these cards. These cards are just from random versions of Trivial Pursuit. Yeah, these these are gold. I like that you don't have proper dishes to eat out of, but you've got the 20 pound box of Trivial Pursuit cards. That's, that's, our, that's our Karen. Uh, we're going to do two cards today. Oh. Uh, and the themes are Baby Boomer Trivial yes. Pursuit card. <laughs> and we have a Trivial Pursuit Pop Culture 2. Hopefully two ends of the spectrum. We'll see. Let's ease into things with pop culture too. You know, I'm I'm not I'm not sure it's going to be that much easier. Okay, (laughs) all right, right, here we go. Blue Edge for TV. What teen drama set in Cape Side, Massachusetts, is filmed in Wilmington, North Carolina? Oh my gosh! Colin with the horse buzzer. Is that Dawson's Creek? It is Dawson's. Okay. All right. I don't want to wait. (laughs) <laughs> Pink wedge for fad. What pitchman turned late night TV viewers onto the inside the shell egg scrambler? Oh my gosh! Oh, okay. Chris, I'm good. Okay, I'm gonna guess uh, Ron Popeil. Yes, it is Ron Popeil. Okay. So, what is this inside the shell egg scrambler? It's a device that takes the egg and it shakes it all up, and so it, it's it's completely. Um, uh, homogenized inside of there so then when you crack the egg it just comes out as like looking like egg beaters basically <laughs> oh All right. okay it, it, like a solution in search of a problem exactly exactly in the biggest way <laughs> yellow wedge for buzz what u.s presidential candidate slapped the slogan yes america can on a campaign bus manufactured in canada okay <sighs> u.s president <laughs> Presidential candidate, is that what it said? Yes, U.S. presidential candidate slapped the slogan, Mm -hmm. Yes, America Can, on a campaign bus manufactured in Canada. Chris. Who knows? Michael Dukakis. Incorrect. Colin. Uh, Ross Perot. It is actually a candidate turned president. It is George Uh, W. Bush. Okay. All right. All right. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. Oh, this is dirty. We are a family show. Uh, (gasps) Well, it's suggestive. It's suggestive. Let me just say It's Trivial Pursuit. How dirty. All right. It is. Yeah, they have their guardrails. All right. (laughs) Purple Wedge for Music. What British metal band gave the world albums titled Point of Entry, Ram It Down, and Jugulator? Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh man. I'm scandalized. 
British metal. If you can mm-hmm. name okay. Okay, okay, one, okay. Colin. Uh, Judas Priest. Yeah, correct. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. All right, Green Wedge for movies. What film gave Mark Wahlberg a chance to bark the line, shut up, that goes for all species? Oh, my gosh. Uh, what, what was, is it, was it Ted? Is that the teddy bear one? Okay. No. It's not, uh, we bought a zoo. It's not. Oh, you're going <laughs> to kick yourself. It oh, is. Oh, man. Planet of the Apes. Right. Okay. I'm wow. thinking more cute and cuddly Actual animals. animals. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Last question. S&G sports and games, I'm guessing. What auto team took Formula One's first back-to-back titles in 48 years when Michael Schumacher won the crown in 2001? Colin. Uh, Ferrari. Correct. Ferrari. Yeah, all right. Ferrari. That was one of those I could name a Formula One team. So <laughs> That's, meanwhile, I, I'm literally sitting over here like a car's got teams. <laughs> like, I don't know. Lightning McQueen. Right, right, right. I'm just picturing like a relay race now, you know? <laughs> oh, they have races for cars now. Baton. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, get ready. Here is a. A uh, special bonus uh, pop quiz hot job for today. Baby boomer edition. Here Chris is going to run this card. Chris is going to run this. I, yeah. I, I'm so old. I'm so old. Let's go. Okay. TV. What symbol found on a typewriter was the graphic trademark of the Mike Douglas show? Oh, my gosh. Wow. Um, I'm looking at my keyboard here. <laughs> Again, it's got to be one of these. What symbol, correct, is one of them. (laughs) What symbol found on a typewriter was the graphic Uh. trademark of the Mike Douglas show? Chris. Hmm. Asterix. Correct. Yes. I don't know why. You're booming it. SS, social studies, maybe. Okay. Silver screen. Sorry, silver screen. Mm. Okay. What Broadway success featured the characters Rebecca Nurse, John Proctor, Abigail and a judge named Dan Forth. Oh. Whoa, do you guys both know? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Uh, middle school. Okay. It's the, the Crucible. Crucible. Right. Sir Arthur Miller. Yeah, Crucible. He's a okay. sir? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Yellow Wedge. <laughs> really good job so far. How many years in prison was James Earl Ray sentenced to in 1969? <laughs> Chris. 20. Incorrect. I mean, it's got to be. It's got. Uh, uh, oh. 70, 75. I don't know. 100. 99. Uh, oh my gosh. Okay. 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 All right. Okay. okay. Tan, Tan Wedge for publications. What co founder of the National Organization for Women wrote mm-hmm. a magazine piece on the pill called The Moral Disarmament of Betty Co Ed? Uh, that is Chris. If, if it's not Gloria Steinem, I don't know who it is. It yeah, is Gloria exactly. Steinem. Correct. Yes. Green Wedge literature is Pat Boone any relation to frontiersman Daniel Boone? Uh, let's each say an answer. All right. <laughs> I will say yes. Otherwise, it's a who cares question. I will also say yes, just because of the whole like, you know, you go back far enough, somebody will have so many descendants. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, this person's my great, great, great grandfather. All these other people. So I'm going to say any relation. I'm going to say yes, definitely. You guys are both correct. It is yes, they are related. Last question, RPM, which I think is a record question. Who struck big with italics? A white sport coat and a pink carnation. In 1957. Oh my gosh. I've heard this. A white sport coat and a pink carnation. Is it Pat Boone? It's not. It's not <laughs> I'm not going to be lucky enough for it to be Pat Boone, huh? You know what? I don't think we're going to run this one, but I mean. Go for it. Frank Sinatra. It is Marty Robbins. Okay. All right. Well. <laughs> Okay, okay, boomer. Card. All right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, good job, everybody. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Yeah. That was good. That was good. 
All right. Today's episode is 245. Usually in an episode of Good Job Brain, we have themes and we have topics uh, for each episode and we come up with our own quizzes or segments or cool facts uh, around that theme. But every fifth episode, it's kind of a free-for-all. Uh, we have no theme and it's all quizzes. We've all prepared challenges to stump each other and stump you guys listeners. So today it is all quiz number 49. Okay, let me get us all started off with a fun one. Very good job, brainy type quiz. It's titled, Colin always has titles for his quizzes, so I feel like I should have a title for this one. I'm titling this quiz, Super Sugar Anything. Uh, (laughs) So I don't know if we ever told this story on the podcast before, but I just love this line now as a parent. I want to tell this, this, I'll I'll tell this story again as I remember it, is that um, (laughs) there was a cereal uh, that is now known as uh, Golden Crisp, but back in the day it was known as Super Sugar Crisp. And they, this is that they'd advertise this on television and Colin and his sister saw the commercial for Super Sugar Crisp and they're like, oh my God. And ran to their mom and said, mom, can you get a super sugar crisp? And she immediately responded, I'm not getting you super sugar anything. You got it. That's right. <laughs> Which as a dad now, I think that's just such a perfect, you know, turnaround. Um, and, uh, and of course, a lot of parents eventually sort of came to realize that they did not want super sugar anything. And so the, the <laughs> names of these things, first it changed to just regular sugar crisp, just trying to just trying to let people know that they maybe toned it down a little bit. Let's step it down. <laughs> and then finally to golden crisp. But so many cereals at this time did a similar thing because, they, I mean, sugar oh. checks, sugar checks, sugar pops are now corn pops. Famously, sugar frosted flakes are not as called frosted flakes. What are now known as honey smacks used to be sugar smacks. Uh. There was this whole thing where everything was sugar cereal. And so that alone does not a quiz make, but I wanted this inspired me to uh, talk Uh. about products that changed Mm. their name at some point during their life cycle. So it's a simple quiz. Grab your barnyard buzzers. Uh, and get ready to buzz into the answers to some of these uh, questions about products that were known by something and we're not, we're now known by something else. Okay. Which is the one I wanted to start with. Okay, here we go. It's a great one. This uh, hygiene product was originally known as Baby Gaze. Oh, oh. Colin. Uh, That is Q-tips, I believe. That is the humble Q-tip. Yes. It's called- It was originally known as Baby Gaze. G-A-Y-S. Oh, I thought it meant like a baby gazing, like staring at no, you. Not the, like the not like gaze. the male gaze. Yes. No, no, the, no, baby yeah. gaze. The, the baby gaze. Um, they changed it to Q-tips. The Q stands for quality. quality. <laughs> so when you're shoving those in your ear, uh, no, know that you're shoving quality in there. Question number two. This popular beverage advertised as a relief for dyspepsia was originally known as Brad's Drink. Uh, that was Karen first. Pepsi-Cola? Pepsi-Cola. It was invented in 1893 by Caleb Bradham, uh, who I guess was you know, known, to his, known to his friends as Brad. He called it Bra- Brad's Drink. Can Brad's you, can Drink. You, can you imagine? It sounds like something that a... Uh, that a, that a a, high, a college freshman makes for you at a party that you definitely <laughs> yeah. don't want to drink. You know? <laughs> What's in it? Yeah, Everclear and uh, NyQuil. It's Brad's drink. <laughs> yeah. It was advertised really for upset stomach indigestion, which was that time was popularly known as dyspepsia. And so they then he changed it to Pepsi. Mm. So uh, in the sticking around a few years later in the 1920s, guy named Edwin Perkins produced a liquid concentrate that he called Fruit Smack. And then he was able to figure out a way to remove the liquid from this concentrate, leaving only a fine powder, which he called this. Fruit Smack. Oh, Karen? Fun Dip? It's not, it's not Fun Dip. It's not Fun Dip, Colin. Is it Kool-Aid? It is Kool-Aid. It is Kool-Aid, which originally was spelled Kool-Aid, like A-D-E. As mm. in, like, you know, lemonade, but it's now spelled A-I-D, like Band-Aid. I don't know <laughs> why. why. Yeah, interesting. Eats me. 
Yeah, that's sure there's a reason. Sense. Uh, question four. The Whammo Company originally mm-hmm. called this invention a Pluto platter. Colin? That has got to be the Frisbee. It is the Frisbee. Mm. It is the Frisbee. It's interesting because, I mean, everybody agrees that there was that pie company in Massachusetts yeah, called right, the Frisbee right, right. Pie Company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, what people seem to think happened is that they they created, like, the, the, the plastic flying disc, you know? They called it the Pluto Platter, but then the kids in that area called it a, a Frisbee. Because of like the, a pie. because of the because of the game of throwing the the, the pie pans around, um, and then they renamed it to frisbee. But yeah, the Pluto platter originally. How about that? The poo platter. The poo poo platter. Question five. This breakfast food was originally known as the portmanteau word froffles. I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe it, just in case you didn't hear me, this breakfast food was originally known by the portmanteau uh, word froffles. Froffles. Oh, oh. oh, what you think I said? Like frothing. F R O F F L E S. Froffles. Ego. It's ego. It's oh. ego. So the ego was originally a mayonnaise that this company made. They called it ego because they put so many eggs in it. Oh. But then that was just their very popular brand name, like generally for the company. So oh. they bring out ego. They called them froffles. The portmanteau frozen <laughs> waffles. Froffles. From the makers of Ego. Yeah, from the makers of Ego, the eggiest mayo. And then they just started calling those Ego brand waffles also because Ego just became very popular, strong branding. Yep. You know what? what Chris, y- you have just scratched an itch that I didn't know that I've had for like 30 years. <laughs> oh, like. Why is it called Ego? I, I just I just always assumed like, I don't know, maybe they were the, the first one to use egg or something. I don't know. I never right, right, right. That is actually so well, satisfying. I need to check if there are indeed eggs. <laughs> or are there eggs in Ego? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, be. even if they are, it wouldn't make them special. I, uh, it does <laughs> say it right. contains wheat, milk, egg, and soy ingredients. Sure. Okay. 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 Right. Yeah. Next, next question. Question number six. Rather than give you the original name, I'm just going to see if you know this one. By okay. what name were Cheerios originally out. Oh, I've read this before. I yep. don't know. I'm going to be so angry when you say it. Yep, I, yep. I, we, we can brainstorm this, Colin. Yeah. I wonder if it's like a really boring name or if it's like a too outrageous name. Oh, well, they're made with oats. We know that. Cheery oats? Oh, cheery oats. That's good, Karen. I like that. It is cheery oats. Oh. Well done. They were originally known as Cheery Oats. Yep, yep. I think that after a few years, they were just like, Cheerios sounds better. (laughs) Also, they're in O's. They're in the shape of an O. It's true. It's true. Uh, Next question. This well-known web services provider was originally known as Jerry and David's Guide to the World Wide Web. Oh, okay. (laughs) Aaron. Uh, Jerry Yang, Yahoo. Yes, it is Yahoo. Sticking with uh, tech companies, what uh, tech company's main product was originally known as Backrub for the way it analyzed backlinks? Oh, oh. what? Colin? Google. Yes. Yes. Sorry, I guess the comp- company isn't called Google anymore, but the, uh, yes, the, the product. <laughs> Alphabet. Yeah, right. Google, yeah. the original name of the Google search engine was ah. Backrub. Because if it's because of its innovative way of uh, you know ranking websites by the websites that back that linked back to them or back right, link. interesting. So they called it back rub that did not stick around very long. Sounds creepy. Yeah. Yep. And this is and not creepy in the in the sort of like it was nineteen twenty three kind of way and creepy <laughs> in the sort of like it was the you know the nineties kind of way. Um, like somebody should have known better. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, here's another question for you: What brand? switched names in 2021 and is now called Pearl Milling Company. Oh, why does what this... famous brand switched its name in 2021 now called Pearl Milling Company? Karen. Uncle Ben. You're yeah. close. 
Uh, oh, 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 it was, oh. is it, is it, is, uh, is it uh, Aunt Jemima? It is Aunt Jemima. It is yeah. Aunt Jemima. I believe they're changing the name of Uncle Ben's also, and that may be coming up. But yes, Aunt Jemima, the character is being uh, retired and it's now called Pearl Milling Company. That was the, that was actually the name of the original um, company that came up with the Aunt Jemima brand in the first uh. place. All right, here's, here's one for you. These uh, three young ladies were originally known as the Whoop-Ass Girls. <laughs> this this trio of trio of uh, fiction. I'm going to tell you fictional characters. Fictional characters. Oh, um, originally known as the Whoop-Ass Girls. Colin, uh, is it the Powerpuff Girls? It is the Powerpuff Girls. <laughs> In the original like animated short that was done, uh, they were the Whoop-Ass Girls, <laughs> and uh, when they decided, oh, we're going to make this into a, a TV show for children, that that name did not exactly fly. Oh, was it originally not for children? Because uh, well, no, it was originally done by a Cal Arts uh, student, mm-hmm. and it's like the uh, it was the same sort of backstory as like um, they were being created in a lab, but then he added, and this makes so much more sense now. He added a can of whoop ass <laughs> when, <laughs> when the scientists made them. Yes, into the okay. Yes, exactly. Yes, a couple of questions left for you guys. Um, bib label lithiated lemon lime soda. Was the original mouthful of a name for this product, Colin? The the lithiated uh, just made a light go off. Is is that Seven Up? I feel like it something. is Seven Up. Oh, used to have lithium in it. <laughs> sure, you know, not not everything can have cocaine in it. You gotta, right, you gotta exactly, moderate exactly. the cocaine with a little lithium from time. You to gotta time. exactly. You gotta yeah. if you're gonna make a carbonated drink and it's the 1800s, <laughs> you have to put some drug in it. But it's gotta be yeah, it's yeah. gotta be a drug that somebody else isn't using. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> Okay, fans of this candy bar in the United Kingdom were outraged when they changed its name to match the U.S. version, which is called Snickers. Karen. Marathon. Karen knows her foreign candy back to front. So which one came first? Was like Snickers first and then introduced as Marathon? I believe that Snickers came first first. because it was only in the U.K. that it was called Marathon. Please don't write to me if... Yeah, yeah, other country as well. But generally, it was United. I wonder if it was like a cop, like they couldn't get the name, maybe, or maybe it it sounded too much like Knickers. Right, that's true. And it was like all about like, oh, this is a candy bar for energy. It's yeah, 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 because it has those peanuts. That's what makes it different than the 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 Milky Way. Yeah, doesn't do a thing Crap. for you. Yeah, but you eat yeah. the Snickers with the three peanuts in there, and those <laughs> yeah. that's, filled that's, you up. More outrage in the United Kingdom when this product's name was changed to I Can't Believe It's So Good for Everything. <laughs> I can't believe it's oh. not butter. <laughs> what if it's just butter? All right, nobody is buzzed oh, sorry, in. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, you're right. I have not committed. Never... We're just in shock of the, yeah. <sighs> I'm going to say, I can't believe it's not butter. Yes, I can't. They did not. Yes, they did not change the name of butter, but they did change the name of I can't believe it's not butter to I can't believe it's so good for everything. Was this like a temporary like marketing yeah, I was blitz like or something? Or, yeah. No, it was intended to be an absolutely was going to be a permanent change. Oh um, but it was Weird. so reviled that they that they changed it back. <laughs> All right. One more question. If I was a time traveler from 1870 and I asked you to please go to the general store and pick me up a container of Wonder Jelly, with what product would you want to return from the store with? Karen. Vaseline. Vaseline, yes. Well done. Originally known as Wonder Jelly. Did you now? Did you know that? Yeah, Wonder Jelly yeah. is confusing because it also sounds like a food. Right, it does sound like something you would put on. You put it on Wonder Bread, you know, yeah. some yeah. Wonder Bread with Wonder yeah. Jelly. Oh my yeah. god! Yep, and then it's like I wonder why I'm in the hospital. <laughs> year by year, the the dad jokes just <laughs> they just get stronger. It's it's, it's exponential. Yeah, they're too powerful. <laughs> I can't hold 
any longer. Oh, man. All right. Thank Mm. you, Chris. Well, Colin, you have a special quiz. I do. I do. And you know, my trademark phrase is, I had a lot of fun putting this quiz together. (laughs) Um, And I I, I really did. I am am never lying to you both. But uh, there is a very special twist on this quiz that I put together. I, I, I had some help from a computerized friend, and I am not referring to Elvis. This is not a music quiz. For the first time uh, in our show's history, I got some help from a chat bot. And specifically, of course, you guys oh can probably see where God. I'm going at this point. I got some help oh. from chat GPT. Mm-hmm. The listeners at this point are probably having one of three reactions, which is, oh, cool. Uh, another chat GPT story. I love these. Or, oh, man, another chat GPT story. I don't know. Or... I have no idea what you're talking about. What is a chat GPT? <laughs> uh, what do you guys want to, what do you guys want to give like a, a thumbnail description here? How would, how would you describe it to somebody who has never heard of chat GPT? In the most basic terms, there's a bot that pretty much is trained to generate writing and it learned from so many sources, books, mm-hmm. code, mm-hmm. movie scripts, songs. Um, the internet. <laughs> the internet. One of the great like novel kind of uh, breakthrough fun uses, certainly if you're anywhere in social media, is you know, give me this in the style of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and right. it's uh, seemingly endless combinations. And it, it it is game. Like if you ask it to read the constitution, you know, in the style of Jar Jar Binks, it will absolutely, <laughs> it, is up, it is up for it. It will do it for you. I saw it pass the bar. <laughs> right, yes. So I decided to work with, my colleague, ChatGPT. Your intern. (laughs) Yeah. To assemble a quiz for our show. I felt like I was its editor. And Chris, I know you've been an editor, you've been edited. And I tried to take the stance that the editor's job is to make the writer look good. Every word that you hear of this quiz I'm about to present was generated by ChatGPT. I did not. I did not rewrite. Whoa. I did not copy edit. I didn't. I, I. All I did was I. I asked it leading questions, and I tried to sort of uh, engage in a dialogue with it. I ran into some really interesting uh, twists along the way. So I have a, a ten question quiz. Here is the original prompt that I typed into ChatGPT. Oh, okay. Okay. All right, this is the prompt, word mm. for word. <clears throat> Create a 10-question trivia quiz about famous depictions of AI in movies, comics, literature, or on television. The questions should be moderately difficult, but not beyond the reach of someone well-versed in pop culture. That was the point. Wow. That's good. Specific. The the grim joke maybe is is that you know our jobs are not going to be replaced, but just our jobs are now going to become writing prompts for the AI. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, it generated ten questions very quickly. I have to say, it did a great job. I did have to tweak. I had to work with it on about half the questions, okay. but really okay. just just to help it avoid ambiguity or maybe a slight kind of correction, but. It, it did a fantastic job. So here we go. We're going to dive into a quiz. Get your barnyard buzzers ready. Hold on. Um, yes. It didn't give you the answers, though. So I asked it to generate the questions, and it did. Gave me 10 questions. And I'm like, oh, these are really good. And I was like, oh, wait. Can you also please provide the answers? And it did not. Mm-hmm. It didn't give me the answers the first time. So I had to ask it a second question. Oh, I see. Okay. okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Once I did that, it caught on. And so in subsequent revisions of the questions it would provide the answer with the question i I didn't have to tell it to do that again okay another question yeah are the answers that it provided correct you know what i mean (laughs) like did you have to double check if you know are we trying to guess what the answer that the bot is giving i worked with it to make it a good quiz so uh but i I, i'll follow up with you guys after the quiz and give you some of the 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 little interesting points here uh in my collaboration okay Ten question trivia quiz. Famous depictions of AI, movies, comics, literature, and television. Here we go. Get your barnyard buzzers ready. Number one. In the 1982 film Blade Runner, what was the name of one of the sentient androids or replicants? Oh, geez. Karen. Rachel. I will accept Rachel. Yes, that's right. Yes. Chris, do you want to name another one here? Uh, uh, Roy Batty. 
There uh, you go, Roy Batty's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, Priz. Yep, yep. Also accept Leon Kowalski. And and of course you'd have to accept Deckard, right? Director's cut. <laughs> I asked ChatGPT. I said, uh, and Zora, of course. Uh, I asked I asked ChatGPT. I said, was Deckard a replicant? And here's what it said. The question of Deckard's own identity and whether or not he is a replicant himself is the central theme and point of ambiguity <laughs> in the film. Number two, who portrayed the android character Bishop in the 1986 film Aliens? Ooh, ah, no, no, no. I'm thinking of the, the, the later sequels, which was Michael Fassbender, but this mm, is the right. original. Uh, well, this is the, right, the middle one, right? Yeah, not, not Ash. This is Bishop, right? In the, it was actor, <laughs> I'll read them exactly as written. The android character Bishop was portrayed by actor Lance Henriksen. Deep Again, these, yeah, the answer is also written by ChatGPT here. I did okay, not, okay. I did not edit these. All right, number three, in the movie The Terminator, what was the name of the AI system that became self-aware and attempted to exterminate <laughs> humanity? <laughs> uh, everybody. Skynet. Skynet. The AI system in The Terminator that became self-aware and attempted to exterminate humanity was named Skynet. Correct. (laughs) Okay, just as long as ChatGPT didn't add hashtag goals after after that answer, I'm okay with that. Yeah, it's not emoji aware yet, um, at least in my It uh, could do emojis. Yeah, I, you know what? I, as soon as I said that, I was like, I bet if I asked it to, it would have you done emojis. You can prompt yeah. it, yeah. Sure, of course. Of course I mm. could. Of course. Dude, give me, give me Jar Jar Binks's monologue in the style of emoji. <laughs> of emojis. <laughs> Number four. What was the name of the robot in the film Short Circuit? Oh! Ooh, close. But I, I think Chris there. I'm going to give that one to Chris. Johnny Five. The robot in Short Circuit was named <laughs> Johnny Five. Correct. Johnny. Number five. Uh, number, and I had to work with it on, on this question a little bit. We'll come back to this one. But uh, uh, number five, here's the final result. Who wrote the novel I, Robot? And what was the name of the detective who solved crimes with the help of a robot in the book? That is two questions, ChatGPT. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I like how it kind of Oh, uh, it combined it. It gave you a two-parter. It, 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 it on its own generated a two-parter, which I thought was interesting. This is something we actually do, which is we would ask a question that is kind of easy to get, and then you follow it up with a more deep-cut one, which I, is I, that's very That's how human. I interpret that's, it. That's, that, that's exactly how I interpret it. The answer is Isaac Asimov and Will Smith. Okay, here, and here's what ChatGPT said. <clears throat> Isaac Asimov... And Detective Elijah Bailey. So now the the Will the Will Smith movie is very extremely loosely <laughs> loosely based. It really it really has almost no connection to, okay, to the okay. book other Except than just the title. Maybe generally the title and some general themes. But yeah. So now here's what's interesting. When ChatGPT first asked me the question, the answer was Detective Del Spooner. Now, which was the name of the Will Smith character in the movie. Oh. So I had to work with ChatGPT to kind of arrive at at the correct answer. So here's what I said. I said to ChatGPT, I typed back, I think Del Spooner was a character in the movie iRobot and not a character in the book of the same name. Do you agree? I'm really trying to engage in a Socratic method here with the uh, with ChatGPT. <laughs> and so it said immediately, yes, you are correct. Del wow. Spooner is a character in the 2004 film iRobot, which was based on Isaac Asimov's science fiction series. Spooner is portrayed by Will Smith, et cetera, et cetera. Um, wow. The original Isaac Asimov book features different characters and does not include Spooner. I apologize for the mistake in the previous oh. answer. <laughs> it's wow. polite. Number six. In the comic book series, The Transformers, what was the name of the evil artificial intelligence that led the Decepticons? Oh, Ooh. Comic book. Oh, geez. Give, give, give it a little bit of leeway here. Give it a little bit of leeway on this sure. one. Sure. I mean, it could be just the antagonist of the... Megatron? There you go. It's, look, oh. it's looking for Megatron. Yeah. The evil oh, artificial right. intelligence that led the Decepticons in the comic book series, The Transformers, was named 
Megatron. I and see. so and so here's an interesting where it got tripped up a little bit that it's true that there was a Transformers comic book series, but the way it's phrased, it's almost as if it's ignorant that when you say the Transformers, almost all of us are going to think of either or both the the TV series or the movie, you know, yeah, and yeah, not yeah, yeah. our minds are not going to go to the comic book first. Number seven, in the series Star Trek The Next Generation, what oh. was the name of the sentient artificial intelligence who served as a key member of the crew on the USS Enterprise D? <laughs> Everyone together. Data. Data. That's a lengthy question. That is a very lengthy question. And I had to work with that one a little bit. Uh, Its first formulation of the question was, in the series Star Trek Next Generation, what was the name of the sentient artificial intelligence that controlled the USS Enterprise D? And so I had to work with it. I'm like, what was Data's role? I'm like, would you say say it's fair to say that Data controlled (laughs) the USS Enterprise D? You're um actually a computer is what you're Uh (laughs) doing. Yeah. What a life. I wanted to work with it like it was a person. And like if this was a person that I had hired to write a quiz, this is how I would do it. Number eight. Who wrote the novel, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, that was later adapted into the film Blade Runner, uh, Chris on the buzzer there. Starring Harrison Ford. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Philip K. Dick. The novel, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, was written by Philip K. Dick. Yes, good old PKD. Number nine. What was the name of the AI system in the film War Games? Oh. This is a good one. This is a good trivia question. Yeah. It's five letters. It's four letters. Four it is letters. An, it is, it is a, 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 an acronym. The AI system in the film War Games was named Whopper. W-O-P-R. Whopper. I asked ChatGPT, I said, what does <laughs> Whopper stand for? War Operation Plan Response. All right, last one. Last one. Number 10. In the 1978 television series Battlestar Galactica... Yes. What was the name of the artificial intelligence that controlled the robotic Cylons? Oh, oh, Chris, do you remember? I wonder if it's in the new series too. It's not. It's not. Okay. 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 No. Yeah, it's, no. We don't it's, know. It's, what it's, is. it's it's subtly different, right? It is, and I had to work with uh, ChatGPT on the on this one a little bit. <clears throat> it is. The imperious leader, imperious okay. leader. Oh, and so I had to I had to work with that one a little bit because the the first question that it asked me was in the series Battlestar Galactica, mm. what was the name? And so right ah. off the bat, I'm like, that's bad trivia question because any trivia nerd worth their salt, is, um, which there's two series, please. So uh, what did I say to it? I said, Hey, idiot, <laughs> you messed up. I said. There have been two Battlestar Galactica series. Perhaps question 10 could be rewritten to be less ambiguous. And it said, certainly. Here's a revised version <laughs> of question 10. All in all, I was extremely impressed. Um, I don't think I don't think it's going to put us out of a job just yet, but I think it might make our lives easier in some ways. Woo. Let's take a break and we'll be right back. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. 
So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Good Job Brain. Smooth puzzles. Smart trivia. Good Job Brain. So my turn, it was it was quite the adventure to move up here. Uh, so we drove north of California through Oregon and into Washington. And uh, I got to see snow. I got to see slowly, you know, kind of the gradient getting into the, the Pacific Northwest, the PN dub, mm. very atmospheric, very moody. There's forest, there's city. There's rain, there's fog, there's snow. And so I have prepared a quiz, a write-down quiz here about movies and TV shows set in the Pacific Northwest. Ah, All right, all right. It is because of atmospheric moodiness of this region that really kind of sets the scene and paints the picture for a a lot of stories. So yes, 10 questions here. Featuring some of Colin's real life friends uh, in this quiz, and you'll see what I mean. All right. Uh, yeah, we got forests, we got beaches, we got port cities, we got shipyards. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Write All down right. quiz number one. Netflix debuted and then canceled one season of a comedy show starring Colin's childhood friend, Randall Park. The titular subject of the show is actually located in Bend, Oregon. What is the name of this show? Oh. I'll read it again as you guys are writing it down. Netflix debuted and then canceled one season of a comedy show starring Colin's childhood friend, Randall Park. (laughs) High school friend. Childhood, yeah. The titular subject. Sixth grade through high school. (laughs) Yeah. The titular subject of this show is actually located in Bend, Oregon. What is the name of the show? Answers up, please. Chris put Blockbuster and Colin said Blockbuster video. Correct. Mm -hmm. There's another Blockbuster that closed down. I think it was in Alaska. So that was. I heard about that one. So that one closing down and another one in Australia closing down makes this one in Bend, Oregon, the, 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 the last one. uh, And people make pilgrimages there, right? I mean, yes. Anytime you take a trip or you're visiting somewhere new, listeners and and Chris and Colin, go on Atlas Obscura. It it tells you like weird landmarks that's around you. Yeah. Like the tree that owns itself, you know, like, like weird things or the, the, the biggest yo-yo and stuff. And so, so I saw this one uh, in uh, Atlas Obscura. All right, number two. In this rom-com, the main characters don't meet until the last two minutes of the film. Oh. In what rom-com, the main characters don't meet until the last two minutes of the film? <sighs> Again, these are movies and TV set in... The Pacific Mm -hmm. Northwest. Pacific Northwest. All right. Answers up, please. Chris says, sleepless in Seattle. Colin says, sleepless in Seattle. Correct. It is sleepless in Seattle. Very interesting for rom-coms, what they call a meet-cute. And the whole premise of this movie is their meet-cute doesn't even happen until the very end of the movie. I'm not sure I have ever seen sleepless in seattle classic yeah 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 i mean not like i not like i have anything against it 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 just it's it just you know just i just never happen to just have my world uh align correctly to see it Ooh, it's very good (laughs) all right here we go we pass by this in person the timberline lodge located in mount hood oregon is a real life hotel that served as the exterior of what infamous snowy fake movie hotel (laughs) once again the timberline lodge in mount hood oregon is a real life functioning hotel of course that served as the exterior of what infamous snowy fake movie hotel sorry you need the name of the hotel name of the hotel please 
Oh, Chris has Chris it. Chris put has it. Yeah. The Overlook Hotel. The Outlook. Outlook. <laughs> the, the, the Microsoft the, the, Outlook yes. Hotel. Correct. Overlook Hotel from the famous uh, Stephen King uh, story uh, turned movie, The Shining. Number four. Despite prominently showing Seattle's Space Needle from a window, what TV show that's set in Seattle only had one episode actually filmed in Seattle? <laughs> Despite prominently showing Seattle's Space Needle from a mm-hmm. window, what TV show that's set okay. in Seattle only actually had one episode technically filmed in Seattle? <laughs> okay, okay. All Answers right. up, Chris put. Frazier, uh, Colin put Frazier. Correct. Mm. It is Frazier. Everything else was the whole show was filmed in LA. Yep. In yeah. a studio. Number five, one of the biggest divides in the 2000s is whether you're on Team Edward or Team Jacob from the Twilight series, mm-hmm. famously set in Washington State. Edward is played by Robert Pattinson in the Twilight movies. What actor played Jacob? Oh, oh what's this guy's name? Oh, man. One of the biggest divides uh, in the 2000s is whether you're on Team Edward or Team Jacob from the Twilight series, famously uh, set in Washington State. Edward is played by Batman, Robert Pattinson. <laughs> what actor played Jacob? All right, answer's up. Ooh, you guys. Chris Putt, Mr. Dawson, last name Creek. Colin has the correct answer. Is It, it is Taylor Lautner. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's, that's why we're a team, folks. Why we're a team. Fun fact, Taylor Lautner uh, dated Taylor Swift. So he had two Taylors. Another fun fact, Taylor Lautner's wife is also named Taylor. And she took on his last name after they got married. So they are both Taylor yes. Lautner's. Brilliant. <laughs> was it Dana who called him Little Wolf Boy? Or uh, who oh, was yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 Little Wolf Boy. Yeah. Number six. Recently, actually, I think just a couple weeks ago, an entrepreneur from Kansas City bought the famous Goonies house in mm. Astoria, Oregon. Mm. The Goonies is what the gang of kids call themselves in the movie. How many actors from the Goonies gang have earned Academy Award nominations in their careers? (laughs) So the film Goonies, namesake for the gang of kids in the film. How many actors from the Goonies gang have earned Academy Award nominations in their careers? Also starring (laughs) another one of Colin's real-life acquaintances, Jeff Cohen, who went to... uh, you guys were in the same dorm, right? Colin? We were we were neighbors yeah, in the dorms. That's right. Yeah. At, at Cal. That's right. If you want a, a quick refresh, the Goonies gang, two ladies, mm-hmm. Andy and uh, Martha Plimpton. And then we got Thanos. Josh mm-hmm. Berlin was uh, the mm-hmm. older brother brand, of course, starring Sean Astin, the yeah. main character. And then we have Corey Feldman as Mouth and Jonathan Key Kwan, who who's now as Ki Hui Kwan as Data. Mm-hmm. Am I missing anybody? Who else is there? Mouth and chunk and chunk. Okay, Chris says the number four. Wow. Uh-huh. Okay. I mean, Kihui Kwan absolutely got nominated. Right. Uh, I figure yep. Sean Astin probably got nominated for something at some point. Josh Brolin probably got nominated for something at some point. Colin is correct with three. Really? We have Kihui Kwan, of course. And then we have Josh Brolin nominated for Milk. Okay. And then All right. Yep. Sean yep. Astin. Not for Lord of the Rings, but actually for uh, he directed a short in 1994 called Kangaroo Court, uh-huh. and he got nominated for for best short. All right, number seven, Miranda Cosgrove stars as the titular character of what TV show about a teenager with her own web show set in Seattle? Miranda Cosgrove. Hmm. If you want a little hint on who that is, she played Summer in School of Rock. <laughs> All right, answers up. Chris put iCarly. Colin put iCarly. You are both correct. It is iCarly. Hey. They brought right. it back recently, right? Well, I knew it wasn't Dog with the Blog, so I figured it's. Uh, <laughs> I love Dog with the Blog. It was uh, that was on the Disney Channel. Yeah. yeah. 
he got into blogging at the right time. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Did. Yeah, yeah, really yeah. did. You could make a lot of money doing that. They, yeah, he's into crypto now. Yeah. Yeah. Dogecoin. Okay, number eight. Cat dreams of attending Sarah Lawrence College instead of going to University of Washington like her dad in the film 10 Things I Hate About You, which is based on what classic literary work? Oh. Cat yeah. dreams Hi, of attending Sarah Lawrence College instead just shouting of going- out my I'm just shouting out my wife who, if I got this question wrong, would physically murder me and dump my body in a hey all right well i've never seen this one what so... it's one it's yeah a good one. I, it actually is i, it I know it has a good really reputation yep. answers up chris put boom wow taming of the shrew and colin guest taming of the shrew <laughs> you are correct Great movie. Great movie. Isn't it weird to think that Heath Ledger and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who were both in that movie, went on being in Christopher Nolan Batman movies? <laughs> yeah. All right. Number nine. What 1987 comedy about amnesia got a gender-swapped remake in 2018? Wow. Uh... What 1987 comedy about amnesia? I would say romantic comedy. Rom-com about amnesia got a gender swapped remake in 2018 the original was set in fictional elk grove oregon and the remake was set in seattle they had a lot of uh, seahawks stuff um i'll tell you what colin i'll throw you a hint in the remake uh it starred anna faris answers up chris overboard oh yes i i got ahead blank kurt russell that's, and goldie hawn that's right yep. that's yep. right that was one of those like it played on hbo all the time, all the time. You know, when I was a kid, <laughs> oh my all gosh so, yep yep yeah and that's goofy. that's one that's yeah. one like in in contrast to 10 things i hate about you or sleepless in seattle oh i've seen overboard a lot yeah finally arguably now the most famous tv show set in seattle Grey's hmm. Anatomy has been hmm. on TV for how many seasons? Oh, God. Closest to. Oh, really? Okay. Arguably now the most famous TV show set in Seattle, probably surpassing Frasier. Grey's Anatomy has been on TV for how many seasons? And it's still going. Yeah, still All going. Right, answers really up. incredible. Chris put 15 Colin is correct with 19. Oh my god. 19 seasons. I thought I was overshooting it a little. Staggering. No end in sight. No end in sight. Crazy stuff happened on that show. She finally left the show, right? Didn't she? Yeah, Ellen Pompeo. Ellen Pompeo, thank you. Gray, you know. Gray. All right, good job, everybody. Woo! Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industry shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, I will take us on home here. I have a quiz for you guys about fabrics, textiles, cloths, Mm. all kinds of uh, things in that family. It is called the fabrics of our lives. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. All right, here we go. Uh, Get your barnyard buzzers ready. Uh, I have a variety of questions from uh, the world of things that can be woven, created, wrapped, knit. Uh, and so forth. All right. <clears throat> Miranda Lambert, Hayden Panettiere, and Zoe De Chanel have all sung versions of the jingle for what fabrics trade association? Wow. Karen, no hesitation. Cotton. Is this the fabric of our <laughs> You That's got it. Okay, all right, okay. 
the the fabric of our lives uh, jingle they introduced in 1992 or slogan jingle you know however you want to look at a slogan originally recent mm-hmm. yeah you know it, it feels maybe a little more timeless um, it never hit me that this isn't a brand you see like their their little logo there the cotton logo you see it on a lot of cotton goods and that's right it is <laughs> it is the that is the slogan of cotton incorporated uh which is <laughs> which is yes, the they're 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 u.s based but global minded they're essentially a trade association to just promote cotton get you thinking about cotton make wow. you want to buy cotton wear mm-hmm. cotton mm-hmm. yeah all right moving right along linen good old linen <laughs> you can make make whatever you make some sheets mm-hmm. make a suit out of linen very versatile uh, one of the the oldest and wa- most widely used fabrics in humanity's history. Linen comes from the fibers of what plant? What plant? Chris, is it the linseed plant? I I I, I I'm gonna need you. I'm gonna need you to, to to press a little bit more here. That's well, I can't. So that's that's a real shame. <laughs> I will accept linseed. I will accept linseed. I was looking for flax, but I will accept linseed. As oh, well. okay. like, yeah. Oh my god. Are they the same thing? They are. That's right. And they very yeah. You get you get a lot of stuff out of uh, the linseed plant or uh, flax. You call it lin- linseed oil, but you don't say linseed oil. That's right. But you you but flax you have like is flax linseed. Okay. Flax. You can get flaxseed oil. Flaxseed um, oil. Yeah. They're kind of like flaxseed oil. Kind of tends to be more for like you ingest it, and linseed oil kind of I tends see. to be more you for you it. use it for yeah. But they all come from the same plant. Yeah, flax. Uh, very uh, yeah, uh, uh, very useful plant. Wow. The the word itself has actually worked its way into the English language in ways that you may not uh, even realize. So we talk about um, materials having, say, you know, I got a jacket that has a nice lining, right? Or we talk about um, this book oh, is wow. with the verb to line something with originally meant to cover with linen. In the Middle Ages, it was extremely common to use linen as an inner layer on garments and jackets against, you know, particularly heavier, rougher materials. Wow. All right. As parents of toddlers, uh, which we all are, uh, I can almost guarantee that you have in your house somewhere at least one item made of felt. What is felt oh geez if if, if you wanted to make some felt how would you go about doing it karen it is basically meshing wool fibers with no regular pattern it's just kind of compressed and knotted fibers of wool Uh, broadly correct yeah you're even a little maybe a little more specific it's just natural just fibers mashed together yeah wool wool, oh it doesn't have to be wool it doesn't have to be wool and in fact yeah these days there are a lot of you know natural and uh, other natural and synthetic fiber uh felts that you can you can felt a lot of different fibers broadly there's wet felting and dry felting and wet felting is kind of the more historic classic way of doing it yeah you get some wool you get some animal fibers that's right yeah Mm -hmm. you you wet it you mash them together and the the fibers on a microscopic level that the little jagged shapes and the hooks they they interweave and then when they dry again it's as if it's a you know sort of a uniform piece that's right with strength I hope this is true because it's a great uh, sort of history of felt kind of thing. I read that there were some uh, peoples, in particular some nomadic peoples, where uh, on long journeys they would stuff wool, you know, kind of loose wool into their into their booties and their boots. And the action of walking oh. between the agitation turns and, them into the, shoes? and the sweat from your feet turns them into socks. So it's like by the time, you know, you go, like at the end of your journey, you've got these like little socks that you've kind of like, <laughs> you know, baked in your shoes. Yeah. Another crafty hobby that I think has had a resurgence in the last few years is crocheting. What does the word crochet mean in French? Chris. Uh, a hook. It does. Crochet just means hook. Maybe easier to say that you're crocheting rather than you're hooking. <laughs> Sorry, I never thought of that. <laughs> 
We love to talk about our World's Fairs on the show. Uh, one of the standout highlights of the 1939 New York World's Fair was the public debut of nylon in the form Ooh. of uh, women's nylon stockings. What household item, common household item, was the first commercial product to use nylon? It was not in a fabric form. Toilet cleaner, like a toilet brush, or like a sponge. Oh, you're 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 you're, you're on the right track. Scrubby? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe Rufa? something with bri- with bristles. Maybe. Oh, toothbrush. Maybe. It was a toothbrush. Okay. Was, no. okay. Yeah. Uh, replacing hair, <laughs> you know, for bristles. I mean, it, and, oh, I mean, oh. that's what bristles. That's what bristles were made out of. Paint, paintbrushes, yeah. toothbrushes. It was hair, you know, maybe horse hair, maybe other animal hair, but yeah. Mm-hmm. This waterproof wonder fabric introduced in the 1970s was made of <clears throat> expanded polytetrafluoroethylene, but better known by what name? Oh, Karen. Is it neoprene? Ooh, it is not For, like scuba neo- stuff. It is not neoprene. Oh. Is it rayon? It is not rayon. This is a family company. The family's name is, in fact, in the name of this fabric. Gore Tex. Oh, Gore Tex. Oh, my God. I was just going to guess oh, okay. it was like a uh, Seinfeld thing. Oh. <laughs> Gore Tex. The Gore family. Bill family. and Genevieve Gore. Oh. My and their God. son Bob, yep. Uh, Bill Bill Gore, in fact, worked at Dupont and was convinced that he could build a successful business around PTFE, the the uh, substance that I just named. Uh, and sure enough, he did. Still in business today. Gore Tex makes good stuff. All right, wool comes from sheep. <laughs> you probably knew that. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. you know. Also, alpacas, sure, camels, uh, other animals. Um, merino wool comes from. Merino sheep. Mm-hmm. But where did Merino sheep first come from? Yeah, where did a Merino sheep originate? Chris. Spain? Yes, it was Spain. All it right, was okay. Spain. Merino, Merino, the breed of Merino sheep in, in the, the Middle Ages. This was fiercely protected, like the Merino sheep sort of monopoly in Spain. You people were not allowed to uh, export the sheep like under, you know, severe penalty. Like uh, you, you could you could theoretically be killed if it found if they found out that you were like taking merino Whoa. sheep out of out of Spain or uh, letting it kind of get out into to the wider world. Today of course there are merino uh, sheep in many many countries. Um, all right, last one. Last one. Speaking of luxurious wools, cashmere wool does not come from merino sheep. It does not come from cashmere sheep. What Mm. animal does cashmere wool come from? Both of you at the same time. Let's hear it. Llama. Goats. Oh, Karen's correct. It is from goats. Oh, okay. All right. Good job, guys. Before we close the show out, I wanted to to say on the show, because I, I think that maybe some of our listeners might be interested in like what I have been doing, uh, you know, at my job, um, you know, for the past uh, little while, because we had a pretty big year in 2022. At the end of 2022, video game developer that I work for, which is called Digital Eclipse, we actually had a couple of big game releases. We had a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: The Cowabunga Collection, um, mm-hmm. which collects up all the Ninja Turtles games from the 80s and the 90s. And what I do, I'm editorial director, and so uh, all of our game uh, compilations that we do of these classic games, they all have major like historical elements, like we talk about. The making of the games, Cowabunga Collection, we had tons of um, the design documents, you know, like scans of the original gaming boxes and manuals and scans of like magazine ads put together actually a, um, a brand new thing, which was a an interactive uh, strategy guide for the game. So if the games have secret codes and things like that, we actually put together oh, this like digital guide that you can read. It looks like an old school video game magazine from the 90s, but you can click on the the screenshots and watch a little video of the tip. Then we had another game. It's called Atari 50, the anniversary celebration. And this, we really went all the way um, with, it's an interactive documentary. It has over a hundred games in it, but the whole thing is laid out. It's like a museum. 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's what we tried to do. Yeah, and so like I wrote this whole like timeline of Atari history and pulled together all these like cool like digital artifacts and scans of like arcade game flyers and stuff like that. If you're interested, I mean Atari 50, I would really I would recommend this even if you don't really play a lot of video games. It's on like everything, you know, Nintendo Switch in the house, but also PlayStation or Xbox or you know, Steam, PC, and it, it really a very, very different approach to like releasing classic games. And so if yeah, you like yeah. all of the trivia on Good Job Brain, like this is really just full of interesting trivia about the early yeah, I'm not being paid to say this, but yeah, to call it a game is really uh, and underselling it. Yeah, it's it is. It's it's <laughs> as Karen said, it's like it's like a museum uh, on the site Metacritic, which you know, aggregates reviews and averages them out. They list it as the number six best Nintendo Switch game of 2022. Wow. It's it's a it's a unique and different experience, Atari 50. I'm really proud of really proud of what we did. So wow, trivia is your job. <laughs> yeah. That's always what I was most passionate about, you know, doing uh, you know, do on the media side, you know, was was researching video game history and writing big features about it and stuff like that was always super fun. And so like now I'm doing that same work but the output is a video game you know instead of an article and so that kind of super cool to me yeah so check out video games (laughs) (laughs) i've been meaning to try some of these have you thought video video games games? yeah (laughs) (laughs) and that's our show and you have a free moment Please, please, please take the listener survey from our podcast network, Airwave, because mom and dad are coming home to check up on us. <laughs> we got to get these kegs out of here. And uh, hearing what you have to say about your podcast preferences actually uh, helps everyone out. So head on over to surveymonkey.com slash r slash Airwave. We're excited to have another season of Good Job Brain. Thank you guys for joining me. And thank you guys, listeners, for listening in. Hope you learned stuff about fabrics uh, about pepsi cola and about twilight you can find us on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify and on all podcast apps and on our website goodjobbrain.com this podcast is part of airwave media podcast network visit airwavemedia.com to listen and subscribe to other shows like ancient history fangirl who arted and the secret history of hollywood and we'll see you guys next week Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.